to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Oh, hello. How are you, Laura? (laughs) I'm good. Thanks this morning. We are going to be recording an episode today on self-initiated art shows, either solo or group, and what has worked for each of us in the past so that you can, you know, go out and have your own show and have optimal success. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I guess this episode is about encouraging people to get out and show their work. It might be an idea that they've had. Or maybe it's been a really long time since they've put their work out there. They've had a break away from their art making and they just want to get out there again. And we're sort of talking from our background. Ros, you recently coordinated a group show in Sydney with a group of artists. And I've had two solo exhibitions and I'm about to prepare for my third solo in June this year. So coming from different points, but I think all the tips and things that we've learned along the way will be relevant if having an exhibition is something that you'd like to do one day. Definitely. And what I, you know, as you're talking, my brain is going backwards and thinking about why people should put on an art show or why it's a good idea to consider putting on an art show. And you know, I'm going to disclose everything. Are you ready? So in the recent art show that we had, the group art show, Fluorescence, beautiful name. I was really, we all came up with it together. In the first couple of days, I had no art sales. And I said to my husband, you know what, darling, there are so many benefits to art shows. It's not all about the sales. And he looked at me and he said, that's what people who don't sell their art say. I thought it was really interesting because I have been reflecting on that and I don't think the primary purpose of an art show is to make sales. So I really genuinely don't think that is the primary purpose. Yes, you want to make sales because cash helps with everything, but there is more to it. It signals to the world that you're serious about yourself. It makes you take yourself seriously. It gives you an excuse to pull together a body of work that makes sense together. It gives you, yeah, something to work to. There's a lot of benefits to putting on a show other than sales. And I do actually mean that despite what my husband said. (laughs) Well, actually the motivation for my next solo show is actually to promote my workshops really, because it's a collaboration with a venue that running workshops through. So yeah, it's sort of like a mutual marketing exercise in a way. They've got gallery hanging space in the venue and they like to support local artists by offering free wall space and free exhibitions for a six-week time frame. So they get extra people in the door, maybe people that wouldn't normally visit their venue coming to see the art. But then for me, like the bonus is going to be able to create work that is promoting the workshops that I'll be running till November. So yeah, and I mean, art sales are a bonus. Yeah, totally. Art sales are fantastic. But I think it is, I genuinely think it's really important to look at 
the broader purpose of putting on a show because how's this? Art sales, making an art sale is an external element. You know how Wilhelmina Russo was talking about that, external and internal measures of success? So selling an artwork, that depends entirely on people outside of you. So that can't be your only gauge of success. It's obviously, it's like the icing, icing on the cake, whatever it is, cherry on top. And the personal development journey and the creative development journey that you go on all along the way when you're building a body of work, like that is really important as well to sort of take note of the growth and everything. Yeah, definitely. And also for our beautiful listeners, Laura's created an awesome guide and workbook on how to put on your own solo show. And she's given me a little sneak peek and it's bleeping amazing. It's got absolutely everything in it. So go and get amongst that. The link will be down in the show notes. We think that that will really, really help you on your journey. So your brain doesn't explode like mine does, did. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sort of kicking myself. I've shared it with a couple of artist friends that were preparing for solo shows and I haven't put it out there. I think I actually forgot that I had it and I'm kicking myself that I didn't send it to you before your group exhibition because there might have been a few little things and like I know that there was like a bit of a checklist that you had like a few days before the opening and I was trying to rack my brains giving you suggestions and ideas and like all the red dots and who's going to serve the champagne. And- <laughs> Do you mean when I called you and I said, I didn't sleep last night. I was dreaming about red dots. Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, it's Roz here. I just had to interrupt our episode to let you know about my free Facebook community for creatives. Yes, yes, I know it's on Facebook and Facebook does have its downsides. But it is a great way to meet other creatives and join communities of like-minded people. So if you would like to join our group, you are so incredibly welcome and we cannot wait to meet you. Come and search for us under Permission to Paint Free Community. See you there. Let's go through the list and like let's dig into the nitty gritty. So this is for someone that is wanting to do a self-initiated art show, whether you're organising a group show with other artists, or doing your own solo show. And this could be as large a scale as you want or like as small as you want. And I think it all sort of starts with that venue and like booking that venue, booking the date, and I guess like researching potential places to show your work. Yeah. And so today we're just going to give you sort of like the overview, but if you want all the details, details, um, definitely grab that download from Laura. So I had on my list, and I'm wondering if this matches your one. Number one was decide if you're doing a solo show or a group show. Yeah. Then number two is the venue and asking all the questions of the venue so that you can decide whether or not it's the right space for you. Like Laura was asking me before, did the gallery space that I use for the fluorescence show, did they help us to hang the artwork? And I said, no. So things like that. So knowing what you're getting, like when you pay them some money or if they're going to just represent you for that period of time, are they going to take commissions? Are they going to help with you with any marketing? Do they have good social media? Do they have a good email list? Like all of that stuff. That's in your guide too, I bet. Um, I might need to add that bit. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make it a, a combined effort. Yeah, definitely asking those questions is really important. With 
the route that I chose, all of my venues have been free. You don't live in Sydney, Australia, do you, Laura? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I live in a, a much smaller town. That's all about supporting local artists and the mutual collaboration and benefit that you get from that arrangement. It's every man for himself around here. So, yeah, no commission was taken and it was free. I had to hang the first one at the hotel, but then by the time I went for my second solo, I think they realised due to occupational health and safety, they needed to get the maintenance man. So that was brilliant. Like I just laid all my artworks down on the floor and he hung all the artworks. And I believe my next show, the venue will be hanging it for me. So I'll just let them know what order it needs to go on. But in terms of hanging, it takes so much more longer than you expect. You've recently hung a show. What do you say? I'm sort of giggling because it took me ages to hang the walls that I was responsible for. But one of the other artists that was part of the group, she's got curator experience. Do you call it curatorial experience? I don't know. Yeah, I'd I'd say. So Rachel Moody from Darling Mills Studio, go and give her a follow. When she did her wall, we, f- we filmed it in fast mode, whatever it is, time lapse. And honestly, no joke, half an hour and her wall was twice the size <laughs> of the one that I just worked on. So I think it depends on your nature as to how long it takes. So I was, you know, out there, measure- I had a ruler, I had a, like a level thing. That's, that's just how I roll. Whereas Rachel was literally hammer and nail, boof, 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 artwork goes there, done. (laughs) And it looked great. There was no difference with the outcome. So, you know, just be you, but roll how you roll. But yeah, and it is a project. There's a lot of effort as well that goes into the planning of the layout. And that's one thing I think we did really, really well with fluorescence. We all got together on a Zoom, maybe two weeks prior to the show. Maybe it was one week. And we popped everyone's artwork onto an image to work out where and how we were going to organise the artworks prior to having the day where we actually, like the bump in day. And that was a really good idea. So we could all have the discussions, the debates and all of that prior to the install day and made it much more efficient and more fun as well. I've visited the venue before and taken photos and sort of planned out you know, what sort of combinations I could have in the space. I think it's important to do a bit of pre-research and have that in your mind. So then you're sort of organised for hanging. Makes it a lot easier. So what other questions would you ask the venue? What about talking to them about the opening event? Who's going to be responsible for what? Do you take charge with refreshments and things? Or did they put it on? Yeah, if it is a venue that might not have a liquor license, like do you need to organise that? What about their marketing and promotion? What do they do in terms of marketing and promotion? What are you responsible for? A good one that I just noticed on my list was manning the gallery. Yeah. So do they do that or do you have to do it yourself? And if it's a solo show, that is a big commitment. If it's a group show, you can split that up, which is quite nice because, you know, I don't know, 
I got I got a bit itchy on my days. I wanted to be painting or you know doing something else a bit more efficient. So yeah, that's a thing as well. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about that because there were two public venues. So my next one's a gin distillery. So that's it's just open on open times. And then the hotel it was located sort of in the lobby area slash cafe lounge area. So it was already open. I didn't have to man the show. And did they process sales for you? How did that work? No, they directed sales to me. So that's a whole nother thing, isn't it? Sales. How are you going to manage the sales? So when you say they directed they directed the interested parties to you, like they had to call you? So the staff at the venue, they would say, all sales go through the artist. So I had QR codes that led to a website that had all the artworks for sale. Okay. Oh, that's all right. So they could purchase. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like physical posters on the wall, which would lead to my website, which had everything on there. Beautiful. Very cool. Okay. So our beautiful listeners, they've decided it on solo or group. They've decided on a venue as well. My next suggested step would be to basically decide on a theme or something that you're going to explore through your art or the show to pull it all together. Definitely. Yeah. Theme and or title. The title can come later once you've started creating, but it also might give you direction if you choose it sort of towards the start. I like that plan. That's a good idea because sometimes a word, you know, one word even can help to, you know, bring it together. And then once you sort of got that theme, then I'd sort of pull out existing work that fits that theme. So you might already have a thread of an idea and it might only start with just one artwork, but you might be surprised. You might have a couple in your studio and then I'd sort of start fleshing out ideas along that theme. What would you say in terms of timeline? It depends how many artworks you're going for, doesn't it? Yeah. And how slow you are because I'm very slow, but I've worked out I'm slow because of my brain. (laughs) Like I just overthink everything and try to get things to be perfect for my, like how I see perfect. So that's a bit of a shortcoming for me. It depends on the venue. It depends if you're doing a solo or a group show, how many works. And it depends on your practice. Like if you create large scale canvases, you might only need to create five big canvases. Less is better is my general rule of thumb for a show. Less is better. So you give them that space when they're on display so that people can actually imagine it in their space. Whereas like that's not what we did in our recent fluorescence group art show, just so you know, because it was a group art show, it had had to work a bit differently. But I feel like less generally is better and spread it out and give them space and almost, you know, it's almost like a sign of respect for the artworks, I think. My strategy was a little bit different, especially with that first solo show, because I'd had such a large break from creating and I just had this desire just to sort of develop and really like dig into experimentation. I had a lot of little works on paper and that was sort of the intention behind the exhibition, it was a little bit of like getting momentum with some art sales, but it really was about that personal development journey, my journey as an artist, digging into 
who I was, what I liked to create and creating a volume of work. So yeah, I guess it's going against what you were talking about. No, that, but that's okay. It comes, that's fine. Like we're allowed to have different opinions firstly, but also that comes back to your why and why you're putting on the art show. What is your purpose? And I feel like, cause this is going to be my third solo show. I feel like I'm going to be much more restrained and I have like more of a direction and idea of where the work is going to go. And maybe less pressure on sales for you this time as well. Like, you know, there's other benefits. You're feeling connected with the other benefits of putting on this show, perhaps. Yeah. Just an idea. Yeah. Out of the existing work that you've already created, pick the best artworks that match your theme. And then it's the journey of creating new work to tie tie in. And like, I like to give myself time. I hate being under like the pump. And once you have an idea of like how many works you're aiming to create, um, I'd at least give myself a couple of months, if not more. So I would really, that eight, eight week sort of time frame. if you have that luxury of time. I know if you've sort of decided to jump on the bandwagon with a group show and like it's sort of last minute, you've just got to like make do with what you've got. But if you do have the luxury of planning it out and sort of have a longer time frame, it'd be really good to have that sort of extra time to really develop your work. I found plotting backwards really helped. So to have your exhibition date and then you want to have like you just, I just worked backwards in terms of <laughs> when to make sure I have had all my works framed and they had to be varnished before that. So then when I had to varnish my works prior to that, and then I like to maybe leave the artworks maybe a week. I work mainly in acrylics, so maybe a week before varnishing so that it paints themselves can settle. So that really helped me to go backwards like that. And then basically work from the current moment, the second I decided to make have to be in part of the show up until that point. And then that's when things had to be finished and wrapped up. The other one is photography as well, because you'll want to take photographs of your work. You might even want to like professionally photograph or scan your work before you varnish is usually the best practice. So you have to build in that into your plan as well. So yeah, working backwards is a good little trick. Yeah, definitely working backwards. And then in terms of photography, taking the photos before you varnish and things like that, getting your digital files, considering whether you want to create other products to merchandise and sell alongside your artwork, such as cards and art prints. And, you know, if you're going to display that as part of the exhibition as well. So many things. So I think if people would like the full rundown, they can grab your download and really dive into the details. But another really big thing around putting on a show, a solo or a group show is marketing, as my husband says it, marketing. Marketing. <laughs> marketing. But you can't avoid it. If you want people to turn up to your opening night, if you want people to hopefully buy your work, you do need to get the word out. So what have you, you've done a lot of that, I'm sure, for your previous shows. What are, what sort of formats did you do your marketing? <laughs> Considering promoting your show in the local events calendar of your local council. 
maybe contacting your local paper and other press agencies to spread the word, sort of share like a little press release. Okay. We have to talk about press releases because to me that sounds really intense and scary and I've never done one and maybe you can tell me what that that even is. Okay. I actually think I have someone in mind that we might be able to interview on that. Oh, can we do that? I have no idea what that is. Listeners, let us know if that's something that would be of interest. How far along in your art journey do you need to do, to be, sorry, in order to use a press release? Because I'm just thinking of our audience, like they might go, oh, they might be like me and go, oh no, I'm not far enough for that because it sounds intense. No, you're just sort of sharing your story as an artist. I don't think that there's any like level that you have to get to. Do you? I don't know. I don't know anything about press releases. I feel like fledgling artists or it it depends what agency, it doesn't matter if it's a little article in a local paper or if it's a big, you know, magazine, national magazine. You know what? You know what my problem is with it? Because I've been in a few papers before. The problem is I want them to ask me (laughs) and approach me rather than me approach them. I feel a bit weird approaching them. I feel uncomfortable with that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Like I think, yeah, I can I can understand that hesitation. But this is all about, you know, wanting to get people to your show. Totally, totally. All right, let's backtrack. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I would also write a long list of everyone, like your personal connections and everyone that you'd personally like to invite to the exhibition. So just scrap piece of paper, write everyone that you can think of, maybe go through your Facebook friends list. And then, yeah, just shoot a little, like your little flyer. I guess, you know, you need to create the flyer first. So a digital exhibition flyer with all the details, the opening date, the opening times, and then the whole duration of the exhibition, whether it's one week like you had for your show or mine was six weeks long. So people know. Yeah. And related to the Facebook posts that you mentioned, like having an image um, that you could send to people, you could do them as Facebook posts. And then also maybe a Facebook event. That's something we experimented with fluorescent. And I think it worked well. I think, I think, I think, I think, I don't know how to measure it, but I have a feeling that that was quite helpful. Another thing you mentioned too, you did the Eventbrite. Yep. So we set up the event on Eventbrite for just the opening. I don't know. You're quite good at Eventbrite. Maybe you could do it for the whole show. I'm not sure. We did it just for the opening. No, I'd say it's relevant for the event. Okay. All right. Just checking. Just checking. All right. I've got Laura's approval. You could put the exhibition duration information in there too, in the description. Yeah, which we did because that was in the image anyway, like at the top. So we did it like that and we had tickets available, but they were for free. So they just sort of acted as an RSVP. But it also meant that I could send out little reminders to people. So two sleeps to go until our big art opening. We hope to see you there. And then one sleep to go, see you tomorrow sort of thing. And it just reminded people to attend because I don't know, I've got a busy life and I'm assuming I'm not the only one. So easy to forget things. In terms of marketing too, I'd say don't discount the whole creation process and sharing that along the way on your social media channels. Because I think people get invested in that and it, you know, it's sort of, you don't want to keep it all like under lock and key until like the very end. And then you just post things like, 
one week out or two weeks out and then expect people to come. I feel like a longer lead time and, yeah, if you're giving yourself though that two months to create or three months to create, sort of let people watch that evolve and I feel like that's maybe not like a straightforward marketing tactic as creating like one Eventbrite link, but I feel like it has power behind it in terms of marketing. Mm-hmm. I think, and two things related to this is that's that's all about the concept that story sells. So they are coming along the journey with you, which is really nice. Personally, I'm wondering what you think. Personally, I would not share the whole artworks online prior to the event. Yeah, like sneak peek things. Yeah, like snippets of artworks or, you know, process shots. And as I say that, because you know how my brain is, the other one we have to mention is the idea of running a pre-sale. Do you do that? I did that and it was very successful for my solos. Yep. Just putting that somewhere on my mind map now, pre-sale. I was very specific when the artworks would go on sale and I had, because the show was in Ballarat, I had people following me online that were from Melbourne and they couldn't come to the opening event. So they pre-bought when the artworks were on the wall. So I made the start date of art sales the afternoon, I think it was 5 p.m. on the day of hanging. And so I guess people like clocked off work or whatever, they were on social media and they're like, oh, Laura's things are for sale. I can't make it to the show opening. I'm in a pre-buy. And I think I can't remember how many are pre-sold. And then if you're doing it that way as well, you need to give them a, a lead, like a lead up. So on your email, in I don't know, where did you do that? Was that on socials or email marketing? It wasn't email marketing. I wasn't very good at email marketing back then. It was all on social media. But in my marketing little checklist, I have written, share your event and your dates. And I probably should add when the art the art sales yeah pre-sale release yeah yeah and relating to that is you need to give people warning so if you do have an email list or if you have social media like letting them know pre-sale will open at 5 p.m on this date and then the opening event or the show is officially open at whatever time or whatever date just so that people have that lead up and they can get organized and it's going to give you the optimum success optimal optimum Optimumu success at actually <laughs> selling their selling your work. So yeah, and celebrate every sale too. I was recording myself with my hand and my little red sticky dot, and I recorded it like going onto the artwork, and that worked really well. It was social proof, even if it's your mum. Just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it's your mum. <laughs> I ser- but I seriously mean, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, like, what happens if you're not making art sales, or what happens if the first art sale is to your husband or to your mum or to someone? Like, how do you deal with that? It's still a sale. So yeah, yeah, I like that idea of filming the filming the red dots. Yeah, and celebrating it and sharing that it was sold. Yeah, just share it on everything: your email list, your socials, all of that. Oh my gosh, so many things. We have covered so many things. I'm feeling like that's probably, I don't know about you, I'm feeling like that is a lot for people to digest. Yeah. I mean, we could get into the nitty gritty about like hanging your artwork, getting the wiring, how you're going to present your work in frames or just on paper or canvas. 
And then all like the little place cards and QR codes and artist statements and bios. And there's so many things that you have to think of, but we could just keep talking forever on this. (laughs) I think so. And I think, you know, we have to read our reviews as well today, but I also wanted to just point out that you don't have to do all of these things. These are the things that we've learned over our experience and their point is to help you to have, you know, a good art show experience, I suppose, but you don't have to do all the things. Do your very best, especially for your art, your first one, do your very best and then you can come back afterwards and do a little debrief and work out not what you should have done because that's a negative lens, but look back and think, what would I do differently or what would I do better next time? Because there will be a next time because you're an artist and and that's what you've done through having your show is you've signaled to the world and to yourself that you are an artist and you are serious about what you're doing and this is your way of life now. You know, you have an art show at least once a year and off you go. We should go to art shows, Laura, just saying. We should do openings. That'd be fun. Definitely. Anything to hang out with you, Rose. Oh, you're so sweet. You'll keep, it's my favourite little expression at the moment, you'll keep. (laughs) Would you like to read the reviews now before we forget? Oh, yes, I would. I would. (laughs) Before I forget. Okay, I have a review here from uh, Kim Bredius. Bredius, I think, is actually how you pronounce it. So Kim, K-I-M, Bredius, B-R-E-D-I-U-S. And she's on Instagram if you want to go and give her a follow. She says, great fun and informative podcast, five stars, good karma coming right at you, Kim. I am a big fan of the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast. When I listen to Ros and Laura chat, it almost feels like I'm in the room with them. It feels like a comfy studio where everything is open for discussion in a fun and relaxing atmosphere, where we sit with a cup of tea and or wine around a fireplace on comfy sofas and with great artworks on the walls kind of feeling. I love the topics they discuss every two weeks and the people they interview and so many things I haven't even thought of yet. Because Ros and Laura are so different in personality, there are things and tips and tricks I recognize myself in both of them. That saying, it's a long review, she's so lovely. (laughs) That saying, I am an emerging artist and try to gain as much information and absorb all things that are art related. Thanks, ladies. I'm always looking forward to the next one. So go and give Kim a little follow to say thank you on our behalf. So Kim Bredius. Thank you, Kim. That was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Thanks, Kim. That's really nice. I liked hearing that for the first time. I hadn't read that review and Roz asked me, she's like, do you want me to read it, read it to you before we start recording? I'm like, no, leave it as a surprise. So <laughs> do you want one more? Should we do double? I like surprises. It's really nice. Yeah. Double up on the reviews. All right. Double, double, double. Okay. Now, this, I'm assuming artist, must be an emerging artist, Amanda hasn't left an Instagram handle, just so you know. But Amanda, if you're listening, send us a DM because we really do love giving you a shout out and helping you on your journey. So send us a message. Amanda says, thank you so much. Five stars. Good karma again. She says, I have been binging this podcast since I discovered it a couple of weeks ago. And I'm so thankful that that these amazing artists are sharing their experience, their tips and discussions of such relevant topics. I've just started sharing my work online, which is such a scary and sometimes lonely thing, knowing that there are women out there that are supportive of each other and encouraging of people that they have never met is extraordinary. 
Rose and Laura, you are making such a difference in my journey and I'm sure countless others thank you, Kiss, and I'm um, that's really nice. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah. I can't say to go to Instagram and look at, at Amanda. <laughs> Send us a message, yeah. Thank you, Amanda. That's amazing. That's really good. Definitely, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Well, uh, I feel like maybe this is a two-parter episode. Maybe we need to dig into it more. Let us know. Like, let us know if you feel like there's missing pieces to this exhibition topic of conversation because there is so much that we could share with you. But yeah, you'd be listening for a couple of hours. Or if you would like to book in for a mentoring session with Laura or I, um, we love to guide emerging artists on their journey and give specific advice to your specific unique journey as well. So don't forget to investigate that as an option for you as well. What else? Leave us a review, please. Yeah, leave us a review, please. And send us a message. We love chatting to our podcast listeners on the socials. Ros and I mostly hang out on Insta. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. That's it. Chat to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.